0: morning. You can take a seat. Um, my name is Amanda Lenarski, and I am currently interning for the next year with Nate, our youth pastor, and Brian, our children's pastor. Um, so today um, is going to look a little bit different. Uh, we'll have some live stories, um, videos. Uh, Nate will come up and share a little bit about what happened last week um, on our trip. God did some amazing things, and we're just here to share what he did and um, connect our kids' story, our students' stories to your stories and how that will connect. Um, my story happened, well, um, the first night or the last night of the conference, um, Reggie Dabbs talked about um, a chant that changed everything. That chant is, I believe in Jesus Christ. As he screamed that chant across the whole arena, um, the atmosphere began to change. God was at home work in 13,000 hearts, students and leaders, and it was amazing to watch. It was something that I had never experienced before, um, because when God, when there's a but God, everything changes. So many lives were changed, and you'll get to hear that in a minute, because students believed that with God, all things are possible, and that when God take, when we bring our junk to God, that he trades it in for blessings and joy and peace. And so, my story, um, I had two but God moments on the trip. The first occurred the first night of the conference um, when Chad Veach spoke about the story of Jabez found in the Old Testament. In the story, Jabez's mom cursed death over him as he was born. That's not a really good way to start life, but Jabez chose to give that um, curse to God and God traded it for a blessing, and went on to use him as he got older. Um, and so my story is a little bit different than Jabez, but um, ever since I chose to get to take a step forward and surrender my life to full-time ministry, God um, had a different plan for what I thought I was going. I thought I was gonna go into athletic training, but God had a step different story. And my parents didn't really like that. Um, To this day, they still kind of don't always fully support me as I work here at Zinianaz and with the cleft. Um, And it's been something that I've struggled with over and over again. But on this trip, um, on that night, God just kind of reminded me that even though my parents will forsake me, God still loves me and is going to bless me as I serve these students and serve the kids of the cleft. Um, and I just thought that's where the story ended I didn't think a week later that I would receive a a card from my parents in the mail for my birthday that said i'm proud of you. I really hope that last week was a rewarding trip for you um, And then in that moment, I believe that that started last week on the conference that I chose to give that give that rejection up to God and God chose to bless me just a week later so I'm excited to see where that story is going to continue um, the second buck God moment that I had on the trip was occurred that last night when Reggie Dabs was speaking um, he spoke and at the end he had us all stand up for seven different things that we struggle with um, and the thing that I stood up was for physical healing uh, and in that moment as I stood to my feet I finally gave God Um, something that i have been struggling with for a year or longer and that was anxiety issues. Um, I always worry about what we're going to do and especially helping Nate plan this trip and being on the trip and trying to make a hundred decisions that I'm really awful at making decisions at. Um, But in that moment I stood believing God that he would take that away and take away the pain that came from that. Um, I've suffered with stomach pains for the past year because of anxiety issues, and this trip was not any different. I was in so much pain the whole week, um, but God had a different story. and so in that moment, I believed him that he would heal me and believed that he would take it away. We left the arena, then conference was over, we were heading home, and I was so excited to hear our students' story of what God did in that moment with, for them. And I was in bed, doubled over in pain, sleeping at one point, and just wondering and asking God, I thought you were going to heal this. I thought you were going to take it away. God had a different story, and he reminded me in that moment, Amanda, I have you. I got you taken care of. I'm going to heal you one day, and your one day is coming soon. I'm going to take this away. You just have to trust me. And so in that moment, I... It could have been hard for me to trust God, but I trusted God because I can see these students and what he's done in their lives. And I hope that as we continue through the day, um, through this morning, that you see that you can trust God with whatever you're dealing with and that he can bring that book God moment to you. So I hope you enjoy what we have for you this morning.
1: All right. So we had a great trip, a lot of fun, as you saw in the video, uh, but also a lot of incredible God moments. And so I want to do something a little bit different this morning. Can you guys handle it? Yeah. Okay, thank you. So students who went on road trip or any of you who want to join in on this, I want you to come up here across the front real quick and we're going to teach you something. Amanda uh, mentioned in there that at the conference we learned this chant that says, I believe in Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in here that believes in Jesus Christ? Okay. Let me, let me just ask one more time because we're young people and we like to get a little hyper and we like to be loud. All right. So is there anybody in here who believes in Jesus Christ? All right. Thank you. So we're going to teach you guys something. What were you saying, Montana? You want me to do it? Montel's going to do it. Okay, here we go. So we didn't really practice this, but I need everybody to stand up. I need everybody to say, is it okay to have a little bit of fun in church once in a while? Is that okay? All right. All right, here we go. You got it. Here we go.
2: Just repeat after me. I'm going to say I, you say I, you know, all that. Um, so here we go. I, I. I. believe. I believe. I believe in. I believe in. I believe in Jesus. I believe in. I believe, in Jesus Christ. I believe 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 in Jesus Christ. They were supposed
1: to chant, but. You guys were supposed to do it too. So I believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> you guys can have a seat. We like to have fun. This morning is going to be a little bit different. It's uh, not really a three-point sermon message from me to you. This morning is a compilation of stories that our students are going to share with you. And so I'm going to read some of them. Uh, We're going to see some of them on video. Some of the students are going to join me up here. Uh, in a a few minutes, and they're going to share with you uh, what they experienced with God and how He changed their life, how He turned the page in their life and in their story. And for uh, you who are in the room this morning who just kind of thought, maybe maybe you saw on Facebook where Pastor Mark said, you know, the students are going to talk about road trip, this is not an update on what happened on road trip. This is a divine opportunity every time that we walk into the doors of this church, a divine opportunity to have a moment with our father, God, creator of heaven and earth. And so our prayer for today is not that this would just be another update and uh, we would all walk out and say, wasn't that nice? They had a great trip. Our desire and our hope for today in our prayer is that the stories of our students and what God is doing in their life will connect with the stories of your life, and we would all give our stories to God. And so this morning, you're going to hear a lot of different things from a lot of different students, but again, this can be a game-changing day for you. It can be a uh, story-changing, a shift in the narrative. It can be a moment for each and every single one of us where we walk out of here differently than what we came in. Does anybody believe that in here tonight or this morning? Okay, thank you. I love I love the response. This is this is how it is on Sunday nights at youth church if you are wondering if you want to come over. It's a lot of fun. They're like, "No, I don't really want to. I'm okay. One Sunday a year is good enough after road trip." So I want to I want to share with you a couple of um Things that we kind of came away from the trip with. And so I was uh, just praying and thinking and asking um, God, how could I, uh, how could we kind of sum up what happened in this trip and move forward? Because I don't want it to just be a trip. And the name of the conference was Forward. And I don't want this to just to be another conference where all these students get together and we have a great week and it's all hype, but then nothing happens until next trip, next year. And so we came away with three phrases. Uh, number 1 are the moments the moments with God. That was a moment in a prayer. That was a moment when we were serving others in missions work. That was a moment in a service where we were lifting our hands and worshiping and saying, God, I surrender everything that I have. God, you are good. You are so amazing. You are God all by yourself. You're good. You're everything that we need. You are all powerful. You are the creator and sustainer of life. Thank you for waking me up today. That's a moment with God, and that's a moment that doesn't just happen in an arena with 15,000 students, that's a moment that can happen when you're driving your car, when you're praying with your kids at night, when you're having a conversation with your spouse. That can happen right here in this room this morning. We can have a moment with God, an encounter with Him, where we leave from that moment and we're never the same again. That's what happened on this trip. And so I want to read to you a couple of things that students said. Uh, The first student said, I learned how to encounter God. And to seek refuge in him, to draw strength and peace from him, getting into his word and knowing him more and more, surrendering my wants and desires for God's wants and desires, for his plan. There's a lot of really deep theology in that statement right there, and I guarantee the person who wrote that doesn't even know what the word theology means, but they do know that you can come to a point, you can come to a, a moment with God, an encounter with Him where everything is so radically changed in your life that you stand in that moment and you say, God, I surrender everything that I have. I surrender my desires and I give them up for your desires, God. I give up my purpose and my will and my plans for my own life, and I give them up. I submit them to your plans and your desires for my life. There is nothing deeper in the Christian life, in the Christian walk than that. And here's a student that knows absolutely nothing about theology, may have never had any encounter with God until this moment, but they knew that in the presence of God, in one moment with him, life can change and we can submit ourselves to his will, his desire, and his plans, not our own. That's the kind of life-changing things that happened on this trip. On this trip, another student said, I have realized that my relationship with God is not about the highs and the lows because I didn't feel God. There were a few students on this trip who watched everybody, and there were some just really radical life change that happened, and the stories that we were hearing on road trip of uh, just crazy turnarounds and these crazy experiences, there were some on the trip who went and said, you know, This is really cool, and I I love God, but I didn't really feel him the way that everybody else did. But he said, so on the final night of the conference, I worshiped more than any other night. I still didn't feel God the way that everyone else did, but watching people be saved was enough. And there are some in this room who were kind of just used to church. We're kind of used to the way things happen and we, we know that God is good and we, we know that he is our, our savior, but we've kind of just gone into a little bit of maybe apathy and just kind of this is what we do. But for this student, he said, you know, I didn't feel all the hype of the moment, but watching people accept Christ, watching him literally change the lives of the people around me was enough. That was enough. One of the speakers spoke on how The past cannot define us. This opened my eyes because I was letting the things of my past define who I was. And I am tired of defining myself based on the things that happened to me. I'm done allowing my past to define me. And now the only thing defining me is my Savior, Jesus Christ. A moment with God, everything can change. I want to read to you guys uh, a familiar Bible Uh, story and a familiar character of the Bible. His name was Moses, and this is found in Exodus chapter 3. It says, one day Moses was tending to the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Now, tending to his flock. Just an average day, he's just going to work. That's what he did. He was laboring. He was doing his thing. Just another ordinary day, he led his flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. This morning, you're going to hear some amazing stories, and it would be easy to just stare in amazement and listen in amazement to some of the things that you're going to hear from students' lives, but I would encourage us all this morning to not stop there in amazement of what God is doing, but take a step closer, as Moses did. He took a closer look. This morning, I want us to take a closer look beyond what just God is doing in the lives of of the students that are sharing. But what does God want to do. In your life. And in mine. What does he want to do today. In the life of your. your I'm sorry. In your life. And my life. Take a closer look. I'm going to skip down to verse 10. It says. God said to him. Now go. For I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead. My people. He not only had that experience that moment with God that changed everything, but he also went. And I believe that in this moment, in this room, we can be empowered and called and equipped by God in such a supernatural way that it causes us to make to take the next step. Whatever that is for you, you may be in the room and you're not really even sure you believe in God or I'm not really sure about this whole church thing. I don't understand what's going on half the time. And I just don't know about this whole thing. Or you could be someone who's been in church your entire life. Don't make any mistake about it. God has a next step for you. If you're not dead, you're not done. God has plans for you. He has plans for me, and he wants us to take a next step. And what can happen in a moment in this room today, when someone's sharing a story, when you're saying a quick prayer to God, when we're singing a song, when we're receiving communion, in one moment we can be empowered and changed by God in such a radical way that it causes us to take the next step, and we are the ones who, are go, who go and are sent by God. I want to share with you uh, some stories by way of video and why, the, why this video is going. That, Katie, this is going to be the one we didn't show in the first service. I'm going to ask uh, some of my friends here to come up and go ahead and get seated while this video is on.
3: this trip, I've learned to, like, not blame God for everything bad that's happened.
2: God taught me that no matter if you're white, black, Asian, Mexican, whatever, you're still the same.
4: Okay, so far, God has brought me a family. I never felt so close to, like, a youth group. On this trip, my favorite part was going
0: to
3: see the kids and just seeing their big smiles babies. My, my
1: favorite part is listening to all the bands
2: from all over the world and being here with yeah. all my friends god has allowed me to open up
5: more freely every year
4: by the end of the trip God has given me a growth point, a
2: message, and a spiritual blessing. As I, as I got older, you know, started getting closer and closer to Christ, I found out that, you know, you don't really you know, need other people to show you love because you got Jesus Christ in your life.
1: Perfect
2: What I
0: see is that they're they're
6: building a relationship and letting God in. God's like can push out about being Caring about others is so much better than caring for
1: myself.
2: True love is what me and my uncommon family showed over our trip by crying with each other, hugging each other, telling each other we love we love each other, you know, praising together. It's just
4: really cool to know that. God planned you for a reason and you're basically his container to do whatever he wants you or needs you to do.
1: joining me they want to uh, share their stories with you and so I'm going to ask just for sake of time you're going to want to clap for all of them I know it but just at the end just save it to the very end and then you can clap and go crazy and stand up or whatever you want to do but I'm just going to ask them to go and they're just going to kind of pass the mic around one by one and share their stories with you
6: all right during our week at Road Trip, God really changed my life. I've been tr- in trouble in the past for doing drugs, smoking weed, and cigarettes, and other things. My parents thought I would stopped all this months ago, but I was still doing it. One day we went to the projects in Atlanta to hang out with the kids there, and I met this girl named Mariah. I was carrying her around, and she asked me if we could say hi to her dad, so I told her yeah. We walked over to him, and he's sitting there with three other guys smoking weed, and the first thing he told me was to put his daughter down. And then she just got down and walked away. Then her dad's friend goes on to tell me how he's feeling good because he's high and I just have to walk away from him. That was eye-opening to me. This guy was picking smoking weed with his friends over playing with his daughter and didn't even want me to play with her. That was one major thing that happened to me on this trip. It also made me think that maybe what I want to do with my life is something like that. Go talk to the kids and the projects and have a positive effect on their lives. The last day at Forward, we were asked to stand if we struggled with any of seven different things. So I stood for addictions. This was a life-changing trip for me, and I would like to thank all of you for letting us go.
3: Okay. <laughs> the story of my life was always the same thing. Am I safe? Am I loved? What will happen next? That was an everyday occurrence for me and my sister. I grew up where beating your kids until they were bruised or bleeding was okay. I grew up where putting your child down and calling them every possible name in the book was okay. The reason I'm here in Xenia right now was because one day I walked in on my mom, passed out on the bathroom floor with her head cracked open. She wasn't breathing. There was a needle on the sink, so I called 911, not actually remembering that call afterwards. They took her to the hospital and she ended up fine but she blamed me for trying to get her in trouble when the doctors told us both. So I know she heard the same thing I did, that if I was five minutes later, she wouldn't be here anymore. I let all of her secrets out after that. I was just a kid taking care of my mom, my mom's issues without even hesitating. She stole $500 from me, money I worked for so I could make good things happen for me. I've been dragged around by my hair, I've been backhanded so hard that I would be spitting up blood the entire night. And my nose was pretty bruised pretty bad and bleeding. I would flinch and still do when people come at me the wrong way. I still have nightmares to this day about things that have happened to me in my life. But in all this darkness, you will find a person who loves with all of her heart and would help anyone out who needed it. I got out of that situation with no intentions of turning back. I have my license, I graduated high school, I have people in my life who love me regardless of what's happened to me in my life. I never had a healthy relationship with anyone because of the things that happened. My four younger siblings are living with the people who hurt me as a child and it haunts me every day that I can't help them. But I pray to God that he's keeping them safe and I know God has an amazing plan. Me, I can't wait to see what He has in store for me. It may not be what I planned, but I know it will be breathtaking. I tell you all my story because I'm content with it now. The Forward Conference taught me a lot, and I heard God say, "Let it go. I'll take care of it." So I did. Anyone's life can be changed when you let God in. I was abused, but God led me through it. I was brought down, but God led me through it. You can have any circumstance. But if you add a but, God, anything's possible in your life.
5: My story starts um, in this church. I was born and raised in church. Um, I was in Sunday, Sunday school, children's church, every single Sunday. I think I've maybe missed Sunday in all of my life, maybe 10 times altogether in 16 years of going to church. I I was just always, grew up in the church, always involved with everything. And I think when you grow up in church that it becomes routine to come to church every Sunday. It's what you do. It's Sunday morning when we get up. The family comes to church. We stay till for both services, and then we go home. And it, for me, it was just the relationship with god was here and it wasn't like pastor mark says when he says you scatter it stayed here and it was all one foot in and one foot one foot in and one foot out and it was all fake and in 8th grade i smoked weed for the first time and that was because i was hanging out with the wrong people that were influencing me and in, negative ways to do things that weren't of God because I wasn't, I didn't have a relationship with God that kept me grounded to what I grew up and how I knew all the right answers and whatever. And then in ninth grade I got caught drinking and smoking again. And that was because of the same reasons. Because of my friends and the choices that I made with my friends. And the Bible says when you're one foot in and one foot out, you're lukewarm, and God will spit you out of his mouth because he would rather you be completely away from him than one foot in and one foot out because that's fake. And God wants you to just be real whether you have a relationship with him or not. And my story is a reflection of being fake with God until this conference. And this conference taught me how to worship it taught me how to praise God with no shame, and it taught me how to be, how to be a vessel for God, and to show, to shine a light in the darkness, and to worship Him with. It doesn't matter what everybody thinks or anybody around me thinks. If nobody else is worshiping, it taught me that it's okay to praise God and to worship. With no shame.
4: Um, I've always grown up in the church, but I've always had my uphills and downhills with my faith. I used to go to another church, and I had a youth pastor there who I was really close with, but um, she left, so when she left, I kind of quit going to youth group as well um, for about a year. I would go to church here and there, but like I said, I was never really involved with a youth group. I ended up making poor choices in a relationship, And I lost something that I thought I'd have for a while in my life. I was at the lowest point in my life without God. And that's when I started going to Zinia Naz. We talked about being one foot in and one foot out with Christ, which is the worst feeling. I began to grow further and further in my walk with God than where I wanted to be. I'm not even sure exactly the reason I wanted to go on road trip, but I know it wasn't for the right reason. While I was there on Friday morning, I felt God wash over me. I felt consumed and whole. Friday night, Pastor Jensen topped it off by telling us that we're a vessel for God. We're like a 39-cent pizza box because that box holds the pizza. The pizza's the good stuff, and we're like an empty vessel with oil inside of us. Christ is the oil, and we are his container. To me, I thought of a song that says, Come be the fire inside of me, come be the flame upon my heart. I took that as an owl in the vessel. God poured his oil in me. But the oil was just sitting there. Then when worship came on, I felt a fire lit inside me. And that was my flame to shine my light to others. Now being at home, it's different with friends. And especially it will be a challenge in school. But the Bible says in Romans 8.31, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? That's how I'm going to live now with God. I know I have a family with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And the most amazing thing to, went to, to witness was Montel, Montana, Olston, Mooch, and Kadarius changing their lives in front of my very eyes. They're an inspiration and living proof of what God can do to change a broken life.
7: September 28, 2000 of a little kid having a dream growing up with his dad. Mom was gone. I didn't know what was going on. It was September 28, 2000. Mom came crying around 7 o'clock to my grandparents. I was like, Mom, what's going on? I'm confused. And she just kept saying to my um, grandma that he's not waking up. He's not waking up. I was like, what's going on? I was confused. What's what's going on, Mom? He's not waking up. He's not waking up. So I didn't know what was going on. Um, October fifth, 2000, my mom woke us up, and she said, let's go get dressed, and we're going to the church. I didn't know what was going on, so I grabbed my football for me and my brother so we can throw. And um, it was a big crowd. People going in and out crying. I was confused. Then after that, went home. Mom, where's dad? Mom, where's dad? I thought he went on a business trip. Then each week, each year, I was realizing he was really gone. And knowing he wasn't with me on the earth, but he was with me in my heart. So later on in the years, when I was six, seven, mom got in a relationship with a guy. At first, he was all right, and then we started second-guessing ourselves. I started to dream about stuff I shouldn't be dreaming about. And it scared me to the point where I was so confused I didn't know what to do. I was dreaming about what I I liked boys or girls told my mom she was confused also she was scared we went to the police station and um, she's like son tell the policeman what you told me so I told him I was confused he's like what, he's like, what do you mean I was like I don't know I, was like, I don't know what I was like he's like what I was like he was like what do you mean I was like boys or girls he's like tell me about your dreams so I told him he's like son you just molested I was like what I I was scared about my future. I didn't know how it was going to hold against me or change my life. But the guy that did that to me, he's still in prison to this day, so I don't have to worry about anything like that anymore. Um, Down the road, living with my two older brothers and my little sister and my mom just in the house, moving house to house. And then I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was little, in and out of the hospital. It killed my left side of my brain cells. I didn't know anything about first grade anymore, about two plus two or anything. So I asked to be held back. So she held me back. Later on down the road, um, about fifth grade. I was going to I was going to school with no teeth, front teeth teeth or fake. Got hit with a baseball when I was little. Um I didn't let people. Ju- when I was little, I was scared people would judge me. At all he—he's overweight. He has no teeth. His nose is all messed up. We don't want to be friends with him. I let that affect me a long time. But then when I moved up here in sixth grade, I didn't care anymore. I just—I just thought like, oh, they can keep judging me. I don't care anymore. Um, I met a lot of good people up here, and then coming to the NAS. And Nate talking about the road trip. I like, I got excited and wanted to go, but I knew money was a struggle because my mom had a first stroke. And I called, I was like, Mom, I was like, Can I go on this road trip? She's like, I have no money. I was like, I know. I was like, but I really wanna go. So I talked to Nate and he's working he's work he's working with the money situation real good with me. Well, back to my mom's stroke. She had her first stroke. I was scared. I didn't know what a stroke was. And um, she lost feelings in her left, her left side, blind in one eye. A couple weeks after her, my second, well, before all that, my um, grandpa passed away. And I didn't know what to do after that because he was like a father figure to me. And that night, I was at the point where I didn't want to be here anymore with him. Because he was gone. My dad was gone. So I took my blood pressure medicine and put it all in my mouth. And then I threw it up. I was like, it's not time for me to go. So I didn't do it. So I threw it all away. So um, I knew my mom had a stroke, so I got a job at Frisch's to help with money. And on Easter, I started and um, bought milk for the first time for the house. Felt real good by myself, helping out of the house. And... um then a couple of weeks before the road trip, I needed some extra money because my paycheck was pretty low. So I called this guy. I was like, hey, man, I was like, can I um, can I help you out selling some um, weed so I can get a little bit of money in my pocket? He's like, yeah. So I made my first sale, got a little bit of money, went to Walmart, bought some milk. And I felt bad about myself about that because the milk from that weed money and then my sister drinking out of it, it killed me. But then having that first year's money and buying that milk, it made me more happy because it's, it's in a good cause. And then um, when, when I was going on this road trip, we left the 23rd. I just went to have fun, but then realizing it was a great time, meeting good people. Well, the next day, I saw my mom had another stroke. I was eight hours away, I didn't know what to do. My day was crushed. I was scared. And texting it, I was like, my mom had another stroke. What did I do? I was freaking out. But I had my uh my friends, family, all around me just telling me it's gonna be alright. The next morning I got woke up on Facebook, I got a message from Amanda and she wrote me this Bible verse. It made my day so much better. And I can just look up to her like well, an older sister. Because every time I see her, she has a smile on her face, makes me want to smile too. And um, during the week, I got close with Josh, and he he just inspired me a lot to tell my story the most because we talked for a long time down in the room, and it just made me feel like if I'm not saying what I'm telling you guys, I'll I'll just hate myself even more. Going to the conference made me feel like. I didn't have to worry about my mom at home because God had it all under control, knowing he was on my right shoulder saying, everything's going to be fine, so just go have fun and worship me. So I did that. And every day of the trip, Josh came to me. He's like, I love you, bro. And that meant so much because I'm not used to hearing that from a lot of people. So to this day, every day, I wake up to a message from him. He feels like an older brother to me telling me he's going to be here He's going to be here no matter what, um, and he's just a, girl, a good support, and I'm happy I went on this trip because I got close to a lot of um, guys and girls and just, just going not start coming back to church as much as I can. Probably, well, I'm coming every Sunday.
2: Hello. My name is Montel Hurst. Um, well, this is my story. My story's about my mom, she's right there, a little chocolate drop right there. She's she, she right there. <laughs> well, um, about three years ago, um, my mom and dad was working, you know, all cool. Um, when I was younger, I was in and out of church and my grandma, you know, when you was little, grandma or someone made you go to church, like get up, you're going to church, kick you or whatever. And um, so I get up, go to church, every other Sunday or whatever, and, um, like, I wasn't, I was too young, like, you know, I was there, but, like, I wasn't there, and um, three years ago, my mom was working down at Foamers downtown before the close, and um, she started getting pains, and um, we were like, oh, you're nothing, just stop whining, you know, just work, and um, she's like, no, no, my dad, me, you're fine, you're fine and um so months go by and she's like no it's not getting better so we was just thinking she was just standing up too much you know cuz her right leg was hurting her whole right side and we was just thinking I was thinking none of it like oh she's just complaining you know moms complain and uh um, so so um so um she's like no and i remember one day me and my dad went to go pick her up from work and um she like she couldn't move. Like, she was locked in. Like, she was hurting so much. She was crying. So we picked her up. We got on each side. We picked her up, put her in the car. We was like, we got to go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital, and they was doing tests and stuff. And um, they sent her home with some medicine to the tests came back. So we're sitting there. Well, the test got back. Um, they said she had a tumor in her back, a lower back. And I didn't know what it was. I was like. Oh, what is that, you know? And they was like, it can be cancer, you know? And I was like, oh, whoa. Like, it just got a shock. Like, it just went through me. Like, whoa, like, this is life. And um, so went to go to test. They was like, well, we need surgery. They're have surgery. And my mom was freaking out. You know, she, she cuckoo, crazy a little bit. Just a little. Uh, <laughs> don't tell her that. But, um, so, um, so I was, she went in, I was praying. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, I never, like, prayed, prayed, because, you know, I was in the church, out of church, you know. And um, so she got done. She was recovering. She was, like, kind of slow. She, still, she walked with a limp, like, because she still do a little bit, because her leg. Well, but, um, so I was helping her out. And um, a couple of months ago. Um, came home from school again and uh, she was crying and I was like, What's wrong? She was like, oh, I'm not gonna tell you yet. I gotta wait till everybody come home because I got sisters that was in lower than me, like in grades. And I was like, Okay, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting and she was like, Well, it's back and I was like, Oh, snap. They was like, But it's not that big. The other one was growing, it was like big. This one is like tiny, it's still in the back. But um we don't know if she's going to surgery again or not, but um Like, it's small. I'm just praying every day that it get better. And, like, now since we came back, we've been praying every day, and me and Nate and everybody. And it's like, she's not hurting as much, but she's hurting. So, I'm just, we're just praying every day, and that's my story. But, um, so, uh, we all started off with, this is my story. Like, every single of us. And, um, Nate said a couple times, story, story, story. And, um. On Saturday, Reggie Daps was talking about a story, like God wrote a book for each on everybody, and it's your story, and it's Montel's story or whatever your name's story, and um, no matter if you're hurting, if you got a disease, if anything else, you can just turn the page and it will be better. No matter if you're crying one day, if you're happy one day, it's all about if you turn the page, it will be fine. So, don't be upset. You know God's always with you. Just turn the page and start over. That's all I got. And thank you for letting us go to this trip.
1: Thank you, guys. Those are some really great stories. But today, I believe that God not only wants for us to hear of the turning pages in the lives of students, but wants to challenge us, challenge us. Don't make fun of me. He wants to push us. And he wants us to know that there's a new page. For some in this room, there are things that you may have dealt with for years. There could be hurt. There could be shame. There could be bitterness. There could be lack of purpose and just apathy and just going through life and going through the motions. There could be marital issues. There could be things going on with your kids, there could be issues of uh, physical healing, there could be emptiness and brokenness, and you feel no value, and you feel no love, and you wonder if there's any hope beyond where you are today. There's hope. These stories were more than stories of a high school or middle school student. They're stories of hope because of what God can do in our lives, because there is a but God for us all. There is a but God story for us all. And I believe that there are people in this room who right now today need a but God in your life. I'm going to ask Nate to come up in a minute and just kind of play behind. And we're going to go into a time of prayer. And as we do that. I want to give you. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. I'm gonna give you 20 seconds in just a few minutes to ask God. Be still before God. Be quiet before God. And tell Him your need. God, you know my situation, and I need a but. I need my story to change. I need my page to turn. Students wrote in about their but God story. And they shared of not just their experience in the moment at the conference, but how that translates to their life, how they are brand new people now. One student said the one thing that stuck out to me during this conference is that I am a vessel That God can fill with his love, his mercy, his forgiveness and the plan that he has for my life. The very last night of the forward conference, the speaker said, if you have thoughts of depression or suicide or problems with cutting, I want you to stand up. At first, I didn't because I was scared of what people would think of me. So he kept on going down the list of other things But then he said depression again. A lot of people stood. Once again, at first I didn't. Then we started to chant, I believe in Jesus Christ. I said it one time and then I immediately stood to my feet. Yeah, I was terrified, but then I realized that I had nothing to be scared of anymore. I know that God is turning a new page In my life and pushing me forward in my next step. The one thing that we all know about those who maybe suffer with uh, addictions would be the first step is admitting the problem, right? And so it's easy to come into a church setting on a Sunday morning and put on the happy face and everything's okay and it's all good. But under the surface, deep down, there's a problem. That problem for some is you don't know God at all. And you've tried to find that hope and that significance and that purpose. You've tried to find it in in your job or in accomplishments or in a relationship or in status or a title. But it doesn't come. That fulfillment never comes. And for you, your next step, your moving forward, as the shirt says and the name of the conference was, your step in moving forward is, God, I want you in my life. For others, it's simply to acknowledge the pain or the hurt that you deal with on a regular basis. For some, it's to say, you know what, I, I need physical healing. The doctors have not given me a good report, and I don't know what else to do, God. I, I just have to turn to you. I have to give it to you. For others, it's control. Everything in your life has got to be dictated, and you got to have it all in order, and everything has to be just laid out right, and you, you have such control issues that you have anxiety when things just don't go the way that you think because you're constantly taking your world into your own hands, and it's time this morning to have a but God moment. I was once controlling, but then I gave up control to... God and let him write my story, let him dictate my next move, let him write my story for me. There are some in the room who maybe have dealt with abuse at some point in your life. I can't even tell you how many students on this trip shared with us in that circle after one of our conference services that they had been sexually abused in their past. Or verbally or mentally, or or, I'm sorry, physically abused. I would be naive to think that there aren't some in this room who have experienced that same thing and never told anyone. You've never dealt with that. It's never come to the surface. You've never stood up and said, I need a but God moment here. There are marriages in this room that are on the fence you don't know where to turn. You don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know what to do. I can't fix this. I can't change this. I can't, I can't move this story. I don't know what's going on. I give it to God this morning. Have a but moment experience with our creator, our all-powerful, our all-loving heavenly father. There are some who constantly feel like a failure as a parent or a failure as a spouse, and we beat ourselves up, and we let the enemy push us down, and you'll never be anything. You'll never be able to do it. You'll never be a good parent. Your, your son or daughter will always have a wall built up. Nothing will ever get better. Your circumstance can't change. Don't let the enemy do that today. Don't let your mind go that way. We have a God who is fighting for us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? In a moment, Moses' life changed. In a moment, there was a woman who was so deep, entrenched in sin that people gathered all around her. And they were going to stone her and kill her in the Bible. And Jesus came on the scene. And in one moment, he says, where are your accusers now? Because he who has sin can cast the first stone. And all of her accusers left. And Jesus Christ gave her freedom in that moment. And in this moment, this morning, in this room, we can leave changed, freed, delivered, holy, set apart people because in a moment, God can change everything. Your but God story can start right here, right now. For some of our students, they didn't really have purpose for life beyond just fitting in in high school and and being okay with just fitting in with a certain crowd. And I have to kind of do what everybody else does because I need the approval of other people. And their purpose could, went no further than their high school experience. But two people on this trip left with a calling into children's ministry. Two people left with a calling on this trip to reach out to the fatherless and the hurting kids. Two people felt a call and a purpose on their life to worship God through the ministry of music. One person, Montel here in the yellow, the last one to share his story. He was praying for a group of students on uh, the last night of the conference. And I looked up and I said, you know, you're going to be a pastor, right? And he said, yeah, that's incredible. They left their God moment Their But God was I didn't really have purpose, but now I do. And you could be in the room and you say, you know, I don't really, my marriage is good, you know, everything's great. I feel like, you know, God's the center of my life and, and things aren't so bad. God wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you a vigor for life like you've never had before. He wants to completely fill you so much that you can't help but overflow to everyone you encounter. And people at your workplace are all of a sudden going to ask, what, what's your deal? You're just so much different. Can you, can you tell me about it? And you can say, Yeah. It's Jesus. I had a but God moment. I was just status quo. I was just okay, but now I have a purpose in my job or I have a purpose in my family. I have a purpose to fulfill the will of God in my life. You can leave here this morning coming in with no purpose, with no hope, coming in with hurt. And God wants to trade it all in a but God moment and give you everything that he has for you. At the conference, there were 20 of our students who stood up on the last night and said, I have anger issues. I'm mad at God or I'm mad at someone else. These circumstances haven't worked out. I've struggled with unforgiveness, and 20 students stood up and said, I deal with anger. 10 students stood up and said, I deal with depression and suicidal thoughts. 15 students stood up and said, I confess that I have addictions in my life that I know need to be broken, and I don't want to be mastered by anything. I don't want to serve anything in my life except God in heaven, and I I stand up and acknowledge that I have those addictions. Sixteen people said that they struggle with apathy. They just kind of go through life and no purpose and no meaning. And I want God to completely fulfill me and give me purpose and give me his will and his desire and fill me completely. Sixteen people said, I give up my apathy tonight in a but God moment. Thirty five people said, I want to surrender my whole life. I want to surrender everything that I have for God. Even this relationship over here, it's going to be hard to kind of draw the line and say, I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't watch this. I can't hear this. But they said, I give that up. I surrender everything I have to God's spirit, who I want to live through me and work in me and work through me in the lives of other people. Twenty two people said I need healing with a significant hurt or a physical physical need. And I just want you to know, if you're in this room this morning and you need physical healing, we're going to pray for you today. And God does not always choose to physically hear heal us here on earth. I don't know why he chooses to do it sometimes and he doesn't other times, but he is the healer and he is the great physician and he is so powerful that he can do anything he wants. And if he chooses to take the cancer away right now, he can do it. He's also big enough and strong enough and powerful enough to carry you through that experience. And maybe you have cancer and he doesn't heal you in a moment, but he can carry you through and he can guide you through. And when people look at you and think that your world should be falling apart and things should not be all right for you. You should not have a reason to smile, but you do anyway. You can say it's Jesus in me because I know that this life doesn't end here. It goes beyond this into heaven and I get to spend eternity with God, my heavenly father. I don't know why he chooses to heal some here and some not until heaven, but I know that he can. And we want to pray for you today. Danny, I want you to stand up for just a moment. Uh, Danny here, She's a senior in high school this year. And two months ago, uh, she came forward on a Sunday night and we all gathered around her and we prayed because she had been having these debilitating migraine headaches. She would throw up and she would just get sick and she would have to cancel plans and miss out on life. And she was just miserable. She would stay in bed for hours at a time and not be able to get over this. And so we asked her when we prayed for her, hey, Danny, when is the last time you can remember even going one week without a migraine headache? And she said, I can't even remember. But to this day, it's been almost two months since we prayed for her that night, and she hasn't had one migraine headache since. That is a big God. He doesn't always choose to heal, but this morning, I want you to know that he can. Danny, you can be seated. Thank you. We serve a big God where everything can change in a moment. 22 stood for healing that night, and 25 stood for forgiveness. I need to extend forgiveness to someone else, or I need forgiveness myself. I've wronged someone. Worse yet, I've sinned against God. I know that I haven't pleased him. I know that I haven't surrendered my life to him, and I need his forgiveness. And when I accept his forgiveness, I need to extend that forgiveness to the person who abused me, to the person in my life closest to me who hurt me, to my children who have walked away, to my best friend who turned their back on me. I need to extend that same forgiveness that I've been extended. And so this morning. There are some in the room who you deal with anger and you have anger toward God or anger toward someone else. You struggle with depression. And why do I even need to wake up today? Is my life good for anything? There are some who deal with suicidal thoughts, and I want you to know that just like these students have turned the page, today can be a but God moment for you. You can turn the page from that depression and find life and find joy and find total fulfillment and purpose in Jesus Christ Those in the room who who deal with addictions, whether it's cigarettes or weed or alcohol, I don't care what it is. Pornography, whatever addiction it is that you. Carried in this room with you, I believe that God wants to give you a but God moment. I was addicted. I couldn't get away from it. I found myself in a hole that I couldn't get out of. I just kept digging and digging and I got myself nowhere. But then God stepped in and He delivered me from my addiction. There are some in here who deal with apathy and you're just kind of going to church. You just kind of do the thing and you're being the dad and you're being the spouse and you're being the whatever. But God wants to bring you complete purpose and fulfillment. There are those in the room who say, I just, I know that I need to surrender. I know I need to surrender to God and I want to do it today. There are those in the room who need healing. You need healing in your heart. You need healing in your physical body. Today could be the day that your attitude changes, that your mind changes, that your thinking changes or That your physical circumstance changes and God decides to heal you. This morning, I want you to close your eyes with me. And our team is getting ready to prepare for communion. We have just a few moments left in this service. But that's all it takes. Just a moment. I have two calls this morning. The first one, if you deal with any of those things I mentioned, if there's something that you need to give over to God, in just a moment, I want to invite you to come forward And I want you to come forward first And I want you to either stand up front Or you can maybe kneel You can sit down But I want you to make your way forward And we want to pray for you If it's addiction Unforgiveness Anger Apathy You need healing Struggle with depression Whatever that thing is Whatever you need Whatever would require that but God moment for you. In just a moment, I want to invite you to come forward. From there, the second call is that you would receive communion, which is the symbol of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ had made, has made for us. He not only died and shed his blood and gave his body up for us, but he rose again three days later. And because of that resurrection power, because of that sustaining power of God through the sacrifice that he made, we can be made right. And we can have a, but God moment. And so number one, I want you to come up and just pray for a few minutes. I want you to tell God your need. And after you've had a moment with him, then I want you to receive communion and you can go back to your seat. But I want to invite everyone in the room to stand with me. Nate's going to sing through something while we're doing this. And I just want this to be a time that you can spend with the Father. You're with your family here. You're with people who love you here. And so I'm going to invite you If you need a but God moment, I want you to come up and I want you to stand here. This is going to be a little bit bold. This is going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. There was one girl at the end of the trip. She said, when Nathan asked if anyone else wanted to share, I decided that if I didn't share then, I never would. I decided that night I wanted to be with God. This is uncomfortable. This is weird. People might think, oh, I wonder what they're going up there. Oh, I know what that guy's going up for. He's crazy. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares what people think? Who cares what's going on? If you don't do it now, you may never do it. Take the step. Step out of the aisle and come forward and say, I need a but God moment in my life. Please join me up here.